Amen. Amen. I'm going to read the word of God in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it says like this in Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27. It says in the message translation, these words I speak to you, or rather these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowners improvement to your standards of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who builds his house on a solid rock. Rain poured down, the rivers flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a, don't hit me, it says, like a stupid carpenter. Who built his house on the sandy beach when a storm rolled in and the waves came up. It collapsed like a house of cards. 1 Corinthians 3 verses 10 and 11 in the uh, English Standard Version says, According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one, say each one, take care of how they, how he builds. Say he builds. Upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. You may be seated. I had to read them both because as we were reading the, the passage in Matthew, it was saying, Well, those that hear my words are like a, a, a and, and apply them to their lives, they're like a smart or wise man or, or, or a smart carpenter that, that is building their house upon a solid rock. But those that just hear it and don't apply it are foolish I'll use the King James version foolish but I wanted it to hit you know to say that because some people say you can't say that word it's in the Bible you're foolish in the message translation just like some people are anyway okay but the picture is that there is a rock in which we are to build our foundation and how many know that the rock is Jesus so I believe when God brought me to this scripture, he was speaking loudly to me and he says, notice the key words in this scripture, smart carpenter, wise men, they build on the rock. Something else to notice is that storms will come. However, the house on the rock will stand. We're going to continue this relationship series and what would Jesus say if he was my relationship therapist? And before uh, we go into therapy, can I ask a question of the men? Men, how many in this house right now, if I was to say, are you willing to live in a cardboard box? We say yes. I want to hear it loud. Somebody say yes. Somebody wants to live in a cardboard box. Women. Would you like to live in a cardboard box? No. Without hesitation. <laughs> Pastor Rowe, as I, as I wrote this, I, I was saying, my wife would say, I would live with you anywhere, even if it's in a cardboard box. I asked her in the pastor's office, honey, would you live with me in a cardboard box? She said, no. <laughs> I said, Lord, I guess I didn't have this sermon when I was typing this. <laughs> Let me give you some stats as I continue. In 1960, 72% of adult populations were married. By 2008, that number dropped to 52%. It's hard to tell now because of what is defined as marriage. So we really don't know. 
When asked in a new survey, is marriage becoming obsolete? 39% said that they believe it is. Only 32% currently believe that, no children, premarital, S-E-X, <laughs> is wrong compared to 68% in 1969. So that means that in 1969, people were saying that was a no-no. 68% said no-no. Now people are like, it's okay. 32% only say it's not good. There are a lot of stats out there, and I'm just touching up on some, but I, I, I personally believe right now when I look at these stats and I see what's happening, I, man, you're going to love me after this. You may not love me now, but I believe that marriages are failing, not because, or, or not thriving, because I believe that they're failing and not thriving because men are MIA, missing in action. And the sisters are saying, hallelujah. Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 6, it says, It takes wisdom to build a house and understanding to set it on a firm foundation. It takes knowledge to furnish its room with fine furniture and beautiful drapery. Men are building homes and not houses. Can I explain that, Pastor? Can I take a couple of minutes to explain this? See, a home is an expression of contentment that we find in an area we inhabit. I lived in a bad neighborhood for a long time and I was okay with that because I knew most of the thugs. So I was okay with that. I was content with this area of which I inhabited because I, I, I was content. But when my wife was about to have my daughter, I said, oh no, I can't bring my daughter up in this neighborhood. I got to get out of here. Something happens when, I, when, when my family expanded, when I started realizing that, that, that the neighborhood that I was living in had more to do than just me. It had to do with the extension of me. I said, I got to provide something better. I'm going to get somewhere, I promise you. I promise you. Thank you, Pastor. I like that. I'm not used to that. They don't talk back to me in my church, but thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. Is this, Pastor, I'm just joking. All right. We see lots of people living in cardboard boxes, right, out in the streets. They made those boxes their home and they're okay with that because they managed to become complacent in their lifestyle. I, don't, I, I know that that doesn't apply to every single person here. Maybe you're not complacent, so please don't send me nasty grams because I don't look anyway. I know some people may say, where is he going with this? But I want to tell you that I'm talking about those that have the means for change and choose not to get out. And of course, I'm speaking figuratively, not literally, but some men have settled with living in a cardboard box when it comes to relationship. Leave me alone. I'm okay. You're content in your situation. Example of people living in or choosing to live in cardboard boxes would be those that, that when, when the church provides, and trust me, I'm not trying to throw a plug, but the truth of the matter is when they make an announcement and say, we're having a marriage conference, people say, I don't want to go. I'm okay. You're content in living in a cardboard box. When, when you and your wife and your, you and your partner, you, you and your family member, whatever it is, you have not spoken to one another for a long time and you're okay with that, you're living in a cardboard box. 
I don't want to, I don't go to marriage conferences or therapy because I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't want to go to my leaders for help or accountability. Let me stay in this cave. I refuse to get help, so I withdraw, isolate, stay busy and stay single and be sexually immoral. That's what it looks like to say I want to live in a cardboard box. Remember what we were talking about that Jesus did not say the wise man takes a box, takes anything that he can live in. He's talking about a man that built a house. And a house has many rooms. A home could be anywhere where you feel content. You. Doesn't matter how anybody else feels. I'm okay with this. A house signifies a family. A house has many rooms with different functions for those rooms. The bathroom, the kitchen, the living room, the best, the bedroom. Hey now. And the men say? Hallelujah. I got one brother that doesn't have a TV in his room. Praise the Lord. Each room has a function to it. The bathroom. The bathroom's function is to brush your teeth. I'm not going to go to the other spot, you know. But I can eat dinner in a bathroom pass if I want to. It's my house. You don't like it? It well ain't. But the bathroom was designed. Who is my father? He's calling me. Dad, I can't talk to you. I'm preaching. A bathroom is designed for a specific function. Amen. And just because I can't eat there doesn't mean I should eat there. I'm getting somewhere. The kitchen has a specific function. Just because I can sleep on the floor in the kitchen doesn't mean I should sleep in the floor in the kitchen. Is this okay? Every room in this house has a function. And Jesus is talking about men that are wise build their house on this rock. Build this house on my precepts. Build their house according to who I am and what I say. A house has doors to keep people away and to keep people in. A house without a door is not safe. Ladies and gentlemen, let's explore the wisdom of Jesus as our marriage therapist. Using Bible verses to illustrate the point of strengthening our relationship. We know he is the foundation as we read. And if he is the foundation, then we have to look at what else is needed to build this house. Our relationship. What else will we need if we have the foundation? Any carpenters in the house? Wow. Anybody watch HGTV? Okay. Thank you. Oh, man. All right. So if you throw a slab of concrete on the floor, is that your house? What else do you need? Somebody shout to me. Come on. A what? Walls. What else? Ceiling. What else? Construction. Well, you need workers. Yeah, that's right. Ruben is like, not me. I'm not doing nothing. I pay them. That's okay. I live on the five floor. No, that's another person. Right? So, we need basically what? Material. In order to build a house, the foundation is there. It's solid. It's not moving. But guess what? I can't move into this place that has a firm foundation unless I have the right material to build a house. So in order to build this house, we're going to use the house, not the cardboard box. We're going to use the, the design of the house to, to kind of like compare our relationship. So Jesus is saying, those that hear my words and do what I say and understand that I'm the foundation of the relationship, build their, house, build their relationship on me. And now, what is it that I possess that you need to build your relationship? 
Because you know that you don't need much to live in a cardboard box, but just complacency. Complacency, anybody can just do that. I could just be complacent. Doesn't mean I'm happy. I'll be like, I'm content, whatever. What else am I going to do? It's like the guy that was at the pool, right? And, and Jesus said, do you want to be here? Well, you know, no, I do, but nobody. No, he never said I do. He goes, every time I try, nobody helps me. That, that's the cardboard box mentality, Pastor. You know, Pastor shouts out, listen, how many are in need? And, and I'm here for you, and, and we have people. And now we ain't got no excuse because you got a direct channel to waken up permission from the senior pastor. He said, no, no, I'm fine. Leave me like this. We've been like this for 15 years. Don't ruffle no feathers. I got my own cardboard box. My wife has hers. Don't tell me to build a house. But I'm going to speak to those that are tired of the cardboard box. Is anybody here want to build a house? Anybody here want to live in a house? Material number one that we need. Love and forgiveness. Jesus teaches us in Matthew 18 verse 21 and 22. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. In our marriages, forgiveness is essential. Just as Jesus forgives our sins, we must also forgive our spouses when they fall short. Love and forgiveness are the foundations of a strong marriage. Isn't that what moved the father? John 3, 16, for God so love, he gave, and, and, and forgiveness was Jesus paying our sacrifice. That's forgiveness. Love and forgiveness. Simple formula. Not easy to do, but it's, it's essential. You want your, your house to start looking nice? One of the materials that you're going to have to ask God for, say, God, help me. Sometimes it costs a lot. Sometimes we can't afford all the material, but he's the one that never runs short of the supplies. And we say, God, I may not be able to love my wife, but can you love my wife through me? I cannot forgive this trespass, but can, 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 can I receive forgiveness through you? Use my wife as an instrument where forgiveness flows through. Material number one, love and forgiveness. You guys got that? I hope you men are writing notes because I really am addressing the men. I'm going to get to the sisters in a moment, but men, this is for, this is for us. Is this okay? Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. The world will say, I forgive, but I won't. How you guys know that? <laughs> You're not supposed to be saying this. Like, I don't know. I don't listen to what the world says. Teasing, teasing, teasing. But isn't that what the world says? I will forgive, but I won't forget. Then you know what? You can't build. Because every time you try to build up that wall or you try to lift up that ceiling, you know what's going to happen. You're going to remember. You're going to remember the wrong and you say, I'm not going to build this wall. I'm not going to furnish this house. This person doesn't deserve it. But that's not what Jesus did. Romans 5a said that he loved us this way that while we were still his enemy, his foe, while we were pointing our hands at him and forsaking him, he said, I'll die for you. In hopes, in hopes that we will receive the gift of salvation. So it wasn't like he said, I know that when I die, Eric for sure is going to take me. He said, no, no, I hope that Eric sees the sacrifice. That's love. Mm. Material number two, communication and understanding. Who said yes? 
Where? I can't see you. Okay. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. I like when I get witness. You know, somebody is in agreement with me. That's right. Somebody say, yes, that's right. You better learn how to talk. Understand what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? That's right. <laughs> Communication and understanding. You notice what Proverbs said, that through wisdom, the house is built through. Through understanding, the room is filled. Through knowledge, what's the rest? I'll look at it. But you understand what I'm saying? It's still wisdom and understanding and knowledge play a key role in building this house. So you just can't communicate to communicate. Uh, I, I, mm. Proverbs 15.1, it is written, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Jesus would encourage open, empathetic communication. Listen to your spouse with understanding just as he listens to our prayers. Are you listening to reply or to understand? Do you interrupt while they are talking or do you listen to understand? Have you ever interrupted Jesus when you're praying? Does he even speak? Does he even have a chance to speak? I'm just saying, right? Because I, I, as I said, and I say this a thousand times, whatever I'm, ever to I'm able to dish out to my wife is what I dish out to God. It's the same thing. Nobody could tell me I, I could love God more than I love the woman that's before me. The Bible itself says, how could you love me that you don't see, but yet the brother that you see, you hate. So don't think for a moment there that if my wife is speaking to me and I keep cutting her off, that when Jesus wants to get my attention and I'm praying, that I'm actually listening to him. You think you're listening to him, then tell me what he says. When conflict arises, let us remember his words and speak gently, seeking resolutions rather than strife. Sometimes, man, we really don't have the answer, Pastor Rose. Sometimes, sometimes my wife, honey, I love you. Remember that always. Spider webs. Y'all guys know what spider webbing is? Who said yes? Girls know. Men were like, oh, spider, spider man, what? Web, what, what? <laughs> Women were like, I know what spider webbing is, and it's not, it's not a downfall. That's how we talk. Learn to lesson. Anyway, now I'm making fun of him. Stop. Father, forgive me in the name of Jesus. Let, I, that's what I forgot to pray. Push me aside. Spider webbing is when you see the design of a web. It's like she'll start over here. And then she'll go oh, over here and over here. Then over here. And you're like, just get to the middle. I want to know what to say. Right? That's spider webbing. <laughs> I told you I'll get the sisters. Don't worry about it, man. But still, are we listening to understand? Or are we listening to reply? You know, are we using words that lead to defense as opposed to love? Look, do you realize that when it comes down to paying a compliment, we seldomly say always and never for a compliment. Oh, my God, you look beautiful today. Right? But when it comes down to something negative, you never listen. But when it comes down to something passing, my, ah, hey, guys, in case you missed it, I've been with this woman 28 years. I got a lot of chichones. Trust me. Trust me when I tell you. But have you ever noticed when it comes down to something negative, we use words that we want to hit below. Boom, you never, you always. And if they tell us that, man, what do we do? We think of that one time we did. 1995. 
It was raining. <laughs> right? And the man said, hallelujah. <laughs> Do we listen to reply? Do we listen to understand? Even if you're not in a relationship, this pertains to you. You want a relationship with your parents to be healthy. You want a relationship with your brother to be healthy. Learn to listen to understand, not to just reply. Material number three, selflessness. Which is, in parentheses, humility and servitude. Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4 teaches us, Do nothing from selfish ambitions or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, so it's letting us know it's okay to think of yourself, but don't stay there, but also to the interest of others. It can't be all about me all the time. But it can't be all about you all the time either in this sense. This is what I mean. I won't go there. That's, that's point number seven. I'll get there. I'll get there. But Jesus would guide us to put our spouse's need first. Practicing humility and servitude. Thriving marriages are built on mutual respect and care. My wife throws that word around a lot and sometimes, you know, it took me a while to really understand it when she says, you know, I would, I, I, I would ask for something and my wife will always throw this. And she goes, always. See, I'm going to say, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, baby. It's good. I'm using a good thing. She says, Babe, I just want to serve you. Aw, right? I'm not used to that. You guys got to understand my background. I'm not used to anyone being nice to me, even my wife, who I've been with for 28 years. So when my wife tells me she wants to serve me, my natural sense is like, yo, what she want? <laughs> my radar goes off. I'm like, what do you mean you want to serve me? What do you serve like what? And I'm like, no, baby, I'm good. I could do this. I could do this. She's like, babe, but I want to serve you. I'm like, Mm, I don't think so. You're going to ask me for something. And, and, and I had to stop and check myself because my wife got it. I didn't. I, and I had to ask God to forgive me for rejecting the gift. I call her my gift, my helpmate, right? And I, and I, and I went to explain this yesterday, and, and it just blew me away um, how when God made Eve for Adam, he called her the helpmate, and it was sort of like the same word that he uses to describe himself when it comes down to the nation of Israel. So he's saying, you know, not that she's the weaker vessel like second class citizen, but she is there to help you. Without her, you cannot function in the marriage. Just like Israel cannot function without God. So I said, God, I'm rejecting the gift that you gave me. So when I stopped my wife from serving me with a humble heart, when this is what I'm saying is I don't need your help. I don't need this from you. I want to go into a cardboard box. When my wife is saying, can we begin to adorn our house with these draperies, these beautiful draperies called gifts of service, acts of service. We talk about love languages now, aren't we? Humility and servitude, selflessness. Men, when was the last time that we touched our wife in the back or the neck just to say hi? Not to say hey. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just, no, 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 don't, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. 
worthlessness. Hi. <laughs> Pastor Ro, I was watching you when you were leading worship. I know, I know you was engaged with God, but you were looking at wife like, bring it, girl, bring it, bring it. And Lisa was like, Tati quieto, estamos cantando, we singing, stop it, babe. They were having that moment. It was cute. Like, he was over there. He came over here. No, baby, I want you to see. And I, look what you do to me when you're in the presence of God. Hey! Hey! <laughs> okay, Eric, stop it now. Okay. Thriving marriages are built on mutual respect and care. Mutual being the key. Material number four. Patience and endurance. Are you guys writing this down? I don't really see anybody right now, but you got, you got it on. You got it on. You recording this? All right. We're going to have a call for repentance at the end. Men only. The sisters are going to lay their hands on their husbands. Sisters are going to be like, what was material number four? What was it? Tell me. I got it. Do you know what it was? Okay. How you building a house, Bobby? How you building it? Good. Uh-huh. It's okay. Material number four. Patience and endurance. In parentheses, long-suffering. Hebrews 12.1 reminds us, let us run the, with endurance the race that is set before us. Galatians 5.22 and 23 says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Many of us love the idea or the thought of having the fruit of the Spirit. And we like to have it be evident in our lives. In our relationship, we can say, I love you, but I'm not sure if I can love you long. I want joy, but I don't know if I can have joy in trials and tribulations with you. I want peace, but can you keep peace when your world is upside down and the storms are challenging your foundation? Perhaps you said yes to all of those, but when it comes to long-suffering, how many like that? See, we, we, we look at the fruit of the Spirit and we look at it and say, yeah, I like love. How many like love? I love love. How many want peace? I want peace. How many want joy? Oh, give me joy. Long-suffering. Ah. God, something doesn't belong there. Sesame Street, one of these things doesn't belong here, God. I don't know. Long-suffering. You know what long-suffering means? It's very, very, it's a complicated definition. It's to suffer a long time. <laughs> it's very, it flies, man. But do you know that that is the fruit of the Spirit? So when we say, I don't want to endure this, what we're actually saying again is, I don't want to be like God. I can have a form of godliness. Oh, gosh, I'm not jumping up. But when it comes down to the fruit of the Spirit, God, I want to just possess the good things. The love, the joy, and the peace. Let's skip over long-suffering. Let's go to goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and maybe once in a while, self-control. Maybe. Maybe once in a while. Our Lord would encourage patience and endurance during challenging times marriage like life has its trials but with faith and perseverance we can thrive guys when we hear these words and and we apply these words the bible says that we're wise 
We allow room for understanding and reconciliation rather than allowing anger to divide us. Material number five, seek guidance in faith. I'm giving you guys a lot of material, man. This is, this is some good marriage therapy, let me tell you, because this is from Jesus. He's saying, hey, you want to build a house? Listen to what I'm saying. And these are the notes that Jesus gave me for my house. I'm just telling you, I'm sharing it with you guys. Seek guidance in faith. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Jesus would advise seeking guidance in faith, both individually and as a couple. Trusting God's plan for your marriage, and it will thrive. My wife and I love to help other couples. Because we've been through so many things. And there was a time in my life where I really couldn't understand. And I really said, I married the wrong woman. Because this is just, yo, this is horrible. There's, there's no peace in this house. This is crazy. You know, my wife is, you know, she's from the other side of Born Inking. I'm from one side of Born Inking too. We're like, what? What's up, girl? Bring it. I know you got a blade in your mouth. That's all right. I got a razor. What's up? Bring it. Bring, bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Wait, you laughing too hard. She's like, oh. <laughs> don't. Pastor, we're security. All right, all right. <laughs> Lean not on your own understanding, but trust the Lord. And when we and when it says it's like, listen, it's okay to not have all the answers. It's okay to have a marriage that is in the process. Because it's a good thing. That means that, you know, God is there, right? God is. Because the Bible says in Philippians 1.6, it said, being confident of this, he that began the good work will see it to completion. So God is the one that's starting this. Psalms 127 said, lest the Lord builds his house, we labor in vain. So ultimately, God is just telling you to get the material and let him build the house. Because all of these things, I don't know if we can understand, all of these things are just attributes of God. So he said, get more of me and I will build your house. Amen. Pastor, I think that was pretty good. I think that was pretty good. All the Lord is saying, get a little more of me and I will build your house. So you don't have to worry about building your house. Get more of me. These are the material. I've already laid down the foundation, which is me. And I'm giving you the material, which is all I need from you is to just apply me into you. Right? If Jesus was our marriage therapist, he would remind us that love, forgiveness, communication, humility, patience, and faith are the pillars upon which a thriving marriage stands. Amen. Let his teaching be your guide and may your marriage continue to flourish in his grace. I'm about to wrap it up, Pastor, so I don't know if, if the worship team could just come up here for a moment. I believe that the simplicity of the words that God gave us today is just that. It's a simple thing. I know that many of us are struggling because it's not easy to apply. 
But I dare say this in all confidence as a man that's been with this woman for 28 years. And we grew up with extraordinary backgrounds. I'm talking about broken people. Violent. Addiction. Oh, you name it. Think of something negative and I say, got it. Got the t-shirt. Been there. But I'm not glorifying that. I'm telling you that in spite of that, God, God, not me, saw it fit somehow, shape, or form to awaken love in me and my wife, not only for each other, but for him. And when he awakened our love for him, it did something new to us. So all of these material that God has given us, the church, to, to, um, to build better relationship with people, what he's saying is, I'm doing this so that you would understand that the work, the, the hard part of the building was already taken care of. Jesus, when he said it is finished, he really meant it is finished. Not only was the sin debt paid in full, he's saying, listen, it's finished, but you really don't have to work. Just follow. Follow. Follow my lead. And if you're lacking in patience, don't say, God, give me patience necessarily because trials are going to come if you're not ready for them. But say, God, help me to endure with patience because we have to endure. So don't just say, give me patience to give me patience because when it comes, you're going to be like, oh, God, I take it back. But say, God, give me the patience to endure. Because there's winds. And here it is. The exterior of the house doesn't matter. I got to say that one more time. The exterior of the houses does not matter. What matters is the foundation. Notice that the Lord said one is built on the rock and one is built on sand. What is sand? Does anybody know? Broken what? Say it again. It's broken rocks. So God is saying, don't build your house on a form of godliness. Build it on the God that is. Because when you build it on a form of godliness, your house, when the winds come, your house is going to fall. A form of godliness is not going to save anyone. A hallelujah is not going to change a circumstance. Singing the song, this is how I fight my battle, and your house is built on sand, it's not going to change anything. It blew me away when I saw that for the first time. I said, why would he use sand? He says, Eric, what is sand if not broken rocks? It, people are taking me and they're breaking me. They, they, they don't like all of Jesus. They just like certain parts of Jesus. Jesus, I, I, I want to build my house, but there's a secret closet where I don't want you to visit. Can that closet be built far, far away in the sand? I don't care. It's okay. I just want to relax there. You notice the three things that stand out. He said that a wise man builds. The foolish slack off. Another thing is that the storms are going to come. You don't need that passage to understand that because Jesus himself said in this world you will face 
trials and tribulations why would he say but be of good cheer because he's overcome the world and because he's overcome the world all he's saying is listen again apply Psalms 127 to your life Lord lest you build this house I'm going to be working in vain I'm going to ask the church if we could just stand for a moment is that okay Maybe your relationship is thriving. That's good. Maybe you're not in a place where you and your maybe you're in a place where you and your wife haven't spoken like you used to speak. It's surface talk. You know, surface talk. Because you know what happens sometimes, Pastor? The people in New Orleans, and I'm not even making light of, of Hurricane Katrina, but what happened was that there was hurricanes before. And because they always survived those type of hurricanes, they said, we don't need to be ready for anything bigger. Until Katrina happened. And those walls broke down and they said, wait a minute, what happened? I thought we was okay. Because all the storms that came prior to Katrina, we survived, we was okay. And maybe that's you in your relationship. All the fights that we've had, we've been okay we've been okay we always get over next month we'll, uh, it's, her, it's her birthday I buy her gift and everything is good next month I, I'll, I'll give them a little treat of you know algo algo but I'm here to tell you as a witness I'm telling you guys as a witness my marriage I thought was on solid foundation until God said sonny boy that ain't nothing but sand. And throughout my life, 15 years in my marriage, my house was shaking. And I was like, it's okay, it's okay, because I'll just ask God one more time to forgive me with no true repentance. And God said, are you tired of trying to balance this house? Because I was trying to balance it. Because you understand, God wasn't there, Pastor. So I was the one holding up the walls. And the winds were coming. I'm trying to control my house until a wind came and I couldn't hold on. And the house came tumbling down. But God, but God, but God looked at me. He said, son, I didn't come to you to shame I didn't come so that you could perish I came to give you life and life in abundance don't you understand it's because of love that I had to knock down that house because it was built on sand and not on the rock it had a form of godliness but it really wasn't me and I cannot be mocked you can't make fun of God let me tell you I'm not trying to scare you into changing, but I've got to tell you, if you're not scared and thinking that it's okay, God could be my adversary. Let me tell you something. First off, you really can't do that because there's nothing that could ever separate us from the love of God. So the first thing I want to tell you, stop thinking like that. God is not for your detriment. He wants what's best for you and your spouse. That's why Pastor Rowe I commend you because not too many churches are speaking about 
marriage is a relationship and somehow the enemy has silenced the man of God and that's why I was charging the men I said you know why marriages are failing because men are missing in action the women have gone to Home Depot and picked up the sheetrock and picked up the lumber and they got the material and they saying I could build it and God is saying you can but it's not meant for you to do and the sisters are hammering and they're trying to build this wall and God is saying that's good but it's not meant for you men the young men are looking at us and they're mimicking what we do don't you understand that there's legacies here pastor we could even we could either set them up for failure or build them for purpose in the kingdom now we could just come out and say I'm tired of living in a cardboard box anybody tired of living in a cardboard box anybody realize that that cardboard box you outgrew that cardboard box God said I, I, I didn't purpose you to build a home I want you to build a house and the funny thing is that God you want me to build it yeah 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 let me in you build this because you and yourself you can't do it I want to thank you guys I don't I don't know how we do openings here or if, if you want to just spend a moment with the Lord pass is that all right people just come come to the front for a moment if you're in a relationship and your relationship is good I'm not saying your relationship is rocky if it's good just come to the front for a moment because earlier today we were making a declaration that this is how I fight my battle I'm not gonna fight my wife with low blows and and with words of discouragement I'm gonna choose today to praise the Lord and I think that Pastor Ruben said it right when he said today something different is happening something is happening different when we choose to praise God in the midst of our problems and I want you right now before the prayer ministry aids or sets themselves in agreement with you that you talk to the Lord come on if you're here with your wife grab your wife's hand 